All right, I want to talk to you about the greatness and the goodness of God. I want to talk about the might of God tonight. And um, I'm excited because I know the Lord gave me a bit of a revelation, and I'm encouraged by what I received over the week and the weekend, and I'm excited to express it to you tonight. So just, uh, we're going to fly through some scriptures at the beginning, and then I'll land in, in Judges eventually. But um, I just want to talk to you about the might of who he is and, and the power of God tonight. Is that okay? I had some thoughts this week about who God is and how great he is. Second Chronicles, I said, well, God, I'm, I'm needing to find some scriptures that you put in my heart. So Second Chronicles 6.18 said, <clears throat> and I'm talking about the greatness, the vastness, the, the large expanse of who God is, right? Because we read about God in this book and we think, I think we think little of him. Are you in agreement? Sometimes I think he's real small and he can't take care of my stuff. <laughs> I do. Second Chronicles 6.18 says this, but will God indeed dwell with men on the earth? And the question is yes. The answer to the question is yes, right? It says this, behold heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. I was like, thinking about this this week, and I was in awe of what God really wants to reveal and, and release to us, and it says, how much less this temple which I've built. And so Solomon had this understanding of the, of the greatness of God and the power of God and the fullness of who he is, right? And so I had this thought about God who, who can't be contained in, in a, a universe that has how many galaxies? One billion. No, it's 100 billion. It's 100 billion galaxies, and that's all we can see as of now. So how, how big is the vastness of who God is? Because it said already that in, in when I was looking this up that the galaxies could stretch to be 200 billion. And that can't contain God. But he can't take care of our problems. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you. We've got to get a better perspective on who, who the Father is, who the Trinity is, who God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is in our lives. So I, I kind of, as I'm looking at this, I'm saying, God, wow. And then it says this in the book of Acts. Well, it, Jesus tells us this. He says this. First of all, the question comes, who is God, who is man that thou art mindful of him, right? So God had us in mind all throughout eternity. And he wants his presence to be abiding inside of us, right? And, and Peter tells us that hands are not built by, I mean, the temple's not built by stones and bricks and all these things anymore. The temple of God is who? You. Right? And so the, the revelation and the understanding that God is wanting us to grab hold of tonight is what is he actually doing inside of you? Like if he cannot be contained in 200 billion galaxies... What in the world does your insides look like? No, what is the depth of the spirit of a man? And I know the last two weeks we were talking about going deep with God and going into the places where God, you know, we don't let God into. And God's all about overcoming all those areas. Do you know that? I know. We kind of, I was kind of going through the, I was going with the winnowing fork, you know, and throwing, we're throwing the chaff in the air and allowing the Lord to blow some things away. And I feel like this, that God, you know, he says in John 14, 17, he said, the spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive, 
because it neither, what, sees him or knows him. And this was something that Jesus said right from the get-go in John 3. He said, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. You can't see the kingdom. So there's a whole lot of blindness, not only in the world, but I think in some of the church because we don't see. And God calls us to see things, to be able to see who he is and see the vastness of who he is and understand the, the greatness and the power and the might that is in him, right? And then he says this. I already said this, but he's in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells where? In you. The Spirit of God dwells inside of you. And so we have this God who can't be contained in two billion galaxies, but yes, he wants to live inside of you. So take that home and think about that for the next rest of your life. Because the, the, the reality is we'll never understand who he is and what he is and the reality of all that he wants to do inside of us, right? And it said this in Romans 8, 11, it says, but the spirit of him who raised Christ, we're coming into the, to the Easter season, and we don't have to talk about the resurrection just because it's Easter. I probably talk about it every week. But the reality is that the resurrected Christ, it says this, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. So in all creation, he's expanding himself throughout all creation. And what I'm telling you tonight is he's expanding himself in you. And he's trying to get us to understand the fullness of who he is and what he wants us to understand about himself. And I'm going to just look at one little thing tonight. That's the might of God. Because I'm telling you, when God's power comes into a person, we're able to overcome a whole lot more than we think we can. Right? Where we talk? We were talking about survival things and surviving things, and, and we have no idea what the human capacity can, can deal with or or actually overcome until we're put in situations. And I'm telling you that the heavens and God's spiritual realm is all around us. Do you know that? And we don't understand what's going on because we don't have the capacity to see. And God wants us to have the capacity to see. He wants us to, to grab hold of that. And we see that the, the Lord wants to speak out of 11, uh, Isaiah 11, 2, and it says, I'm just going to look at this. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. It's talking about the seven spirits of God. And what am I saying? Am I saying the Holy Spirit is seven people? No, I'm not. But what I am saying is, as I read through these things, that God re reveals himself in the earth through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit in these ways. They're characteristics, right? It's the function of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him because this is what, it ha what happened to Jesus. This is prophesying of Jesus Christ. And it says that the same Spirit, didn't I just read that? That raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells, dwells in you, dwells upon you, right? And so the Spirit of the Lord, what? Rested upon Jesus. And it says that the Spirit of wisdom and understanding and the Spirit of counsel and might, right? We're going to concentrate on that. But the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And so this is the function of who God is. It's the functions of what He does. He, he rests. On a people. His wisdom comes through. His understanding comes through us. Because when we seek all wisdom, understanding comes into our hearts. And we're able to understand more than we've ever known or thought or imagined, right? 
and then the spirit of counsel. And when the spirit of counsel comes to us, might happens. The strength of God comes. And so I believe what ha- what's happening is God is bringing us to be a generation that walks in true strength, in the true strength, in the true might of God. But not only that, understanding the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God, and, and the main thing is the fear of the Lord. Right? Because it says that, that Jesus, he loved the fear of the Lord. He delighted in it. And so God wants us to grab hold of these. So I believe that there's a generation that's going to be able to walk in the strength and the power that will be you. Right? And it's not just to fire off. It's, come on, we're in those days now. And it's so awesome. You know, I, I, I talk to people and I've, I've seen it myself, just all the testimonies of what God's doing in the earth at these moments of who he is and the power and the presence and, and what people are overcoming. Are you hearing me? And so Psalm 88 says this, God dwells in the congregation of what? The mighty. So God's looking for a people who are filled with the might and the strength of God and the power of God. And that when we pray for the sick, they will recover. When we come into situations that we look like we cannot overcome, God will help you to overcome every situation. He doesn't let you overcome one thing and not the other. He doesn't, you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't put that within us that, okay, he might work today, but he won't work tomorrow. And I'm excited because he uses our weaknesses as a platform for his presence to come and his power to come. I'm telling you, the church does not like our weaknesses. I don't like admitting to weakness. How many in this room love that? I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, God is using weak people to see supernatural things. And I'm telling you that the power and the presence of God, that we get to, because of the power and presence of God, we get to boast in our weakness. And the Lord's trying to get the church out of this high-minded, I'm well-constructed, we've got it all together mentality so that we can move in strength and power and might. And God will do it because you don't have to. All you have to do is be obedient and move with him. Right? And so we got to understand that God is letting deliverance flow through our deficiencies. Listen, God is wanting to set us free and understanding you know that you're deficient in areas. But I'm telling you, you don't focus on those things. You focus on the strength and the power and the presence of the Father. Because there's something about overcoming and having victory and not understanding that in my difference, in the place where I might be different and I don't line up like everyone else and I might not be as strong as someone in this area, God is going to release a great deliverance out of your life. And I think God measures a man or a woman by what we overcome. And it's okay where we fail. It's okay. And I'm not making a platform for messing up. (laughs) But it's okay when we fail. 
You don't have to do it right every time. You don't have to get it perfect. And every person you lay hands on does not necessarily need to get healed, although I believe we will be in that place where Jesus laid hand on, all, on the sick and they all recovered. I do believe that. I do believe in the church that will come into that place where we believe God for a, a mighty movement. And I've seen it in certain times and places where God healed everyone in the room. But it was because of some stupid instruction. I say that, that's God, right? I say stupid. But it's some silly instruction that God would give me, and God healed everyone in the room. It was nothing that I did. It was because, God, I don't know what to do. I don't have any words of knowledge. Just tell them to do this. Put their hands up like this and say, Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) I would have never thought of that. Right? And God is good because he just does stuff because he can. And all he's looking for us to get grab hold of that little voice inside of us, right? The frequency of heaven, the, the, the heartbeat of what he's saying. Because God has a heartbeat and he has a frequency in which he speaks to us. And we need to, come on, dial in, dial up. Whatever it looks like, God wants us to dial into that place so that we, we, we move in the sound of what he's doing. Right? And I, I, you just have to know that God knows everything that we've gone through. And that he's going to help us to get through and get past. And some of us have come out of rough backgrounds. Me being the chief one. Right? I know I'm in front of a bunch of perfect people. But the reality is God helps people and he calls people and he plucks people out of messed up situations to see his mercy released all over the earth. I promise you that. It's a good thing, right? So go to Judges 14. That was all an introduction. Yeah, it was. It's okay. Just a nice little word word to end it. (laughs) Judges 14. Yeah, we're going to talk about Samson. Who's the chief? See, what happens is we look at Samson personally. I look at Samson, I'm thinking, first thing I think of is mess up. I do. I don't know about you, but I think of Samson. When I think of his life, I don't think of the strength and the the, the crazy good things that he did. We don't look at that stuff, but we're going to look at that right now because he was a man, and, and I love it. You know, Hollywood, they already made him look all jacked up, you know. And I know this, that Samson, there wasn't supernatural strength if he looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right? It doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, okay, it could be greater strength than, than one other, you know, than the next guy, but still, I think he was probably one of those guys that was just your average Joe and had crazy strength. Crazy strength, right? So Judges 14, verse 5, I got it, 14 through 9. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. 
Now to his surprise, a young lion came, down, came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily. Everyone say mightily. Came mightily upon him. And he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. And he did not tell his mother and his father what he had done. And then he went down and talked to the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the lion, to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hands, and he went along eating. And he, be, and when he, when he came to his father and mother, he gave some some to them, and so they ate. But they did not tell. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. All right, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. I ask that you open this up to us. And, Father, that we'd get all the good nuggets and truth out of here and we'd move into something spectacular in our lives because we know that you overcome every weakness in our lives. So we bless you and thank you. And I just want you to look at these, just these short verses of Scripture tonight and really, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit wants us to look at Samson in a way where we can compare him to ourselves. Can you do that? Because really, when we look at Bible characters in, in the Bible, right, we have to look at them as if we're there. I think that's the best way. If we put ourselves in their place, if we can try and understand that, you know, that they would just, it says that Elijah was a man like us. So if Elijah, the amazing prophet, was just like us, I would say that Moses, I would say that Joshua, I would say that everyone else was just like us. Come on, we got to get that understanding. And I understand that, you know, that God was upon people and he moved in people, but it was the strength of God. And so we look at Samson, and Samson here is moving and just looking for his destiny, looking for purpose. Like the rest of us, right? He's in a, he's in a journey looking for, to where he's going to end up and land. And, and God wants to bring him into a place where, where the Holy Spirit is taking over his life and showing him how he works in his life. And so the first thing that I just wanted to look, look at, that, that it says this, that now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And, how, and, and let's just look at the lion as one of the things in your life that comes against the place that you're headed. Or it could have been in the past. It could have been a, 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 something in your past that was coming to you to try and just stop you from getting you to your destiny. You know, I, we were, I was talking to a friend this weekend about, the, about destiny and how we, our purpose in life, right? And God knew us from the foundation of the world. And it says that Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth. And so what does that mean? Does that mean when Jesus finally showed up on the earth that the work wasn't done? I think this is it, that God always had it in his heart, that God was going to create, bring Jesus. He was going to come to earth himself. It was always there. And so what I want you to understand is that God knew you from the beginning. 
And God knew what you had to go through to get to where you are now. Everyone nod your head. He did know you before. He knew you before you, you know, what I call BC, before I knew Jesus. Before I came to Christ, he knew me and knew what I was coming out of, and he knew all those things, and he put me in the midst of those things to bring me. And that was actually, some of it's the lion, and come on, you'll continue to see lions and, and bears and different things and giants, right? And God wants us to have that place where we understand and know that he knows what's about to come in front of you. He knows what's about to happen. He knows when we struggle with things in our lives that he wants to set us free from those things. And sometimes we're looking for something magical to do that. If I can just get under the right person for them to lay hands on me, I'll be set free. If I can just get my sickness into the right atmosphere, then all of a sudden something's going to happen and I'll be set free. If I could just go to this one and, and fly down there and get touched by this, that, this person, that person, or someone else, and I'm not saying anything against that because God's anointed people to do amazing things, right? And they've got a ma a crazy anointings, and there's impartation that we can receive, and I believe that. But what I'm saying is we got to get our eyes off of that and get our eyes towards one person, right? That's what we sang about tonight. Because if we have our gaze on one, in one place, then we don't have to worry about, will it happen? Will I be able to overcome this? Because the whole idea of an overcoming army is this, is that God put us in this place at this time that we'd stand up and see the thing in front of us and go after it. Are you hearing me? God's looking for a people who have courage. God's looking for a people who are not afraid of what's in front of them. God's looking for a people who are, who are not afraid of the things ahead. Right? We're not controlled by the things from the past, but we're not afraid of the thing that's ahead. And it says that he didn't have anything in his hand. Remember Moses? Because Moses went to the river. He goes, I got all these, all these fine Hebrew people behind me. And he says, I need to cross over. And what am I doing? And, and don't you hear that sound, God? It's the sound of the Egyptians. They're coming. Right? And he says, what do you have in your hand? And it was the staff. How many times do you think that Samson, as a young man who's been called as a Nazarite, do you know that, Right? He had a Nazarite calling. His, his mother and father set him apart, speaking to a generation to be set apart, right? And the Holy Spirit came upon his life, and he heard the story of Moses more than once. Don't you think? Yeah. And so now he's in this place, and he's in front of the lion, And he has nothing in his hand. And I want to tell you tonight that just because you have nothing in your hand doesn't mean you don't have the power within to take care of that thing. Because so many times we think we have to have some gift. We have to have something that's going to help us to get past and over that hurdle. But I'm telling you right now, there's one thing. It's the spirit of might. It's the spirit of God. It's the presence of God in your life that gives you might to overcome every situation. Right? Some of us see things coming at us and we don't know how to respond. 
So might flows not from what we have in our hand. Right? And the spirit of might, in all truth, comes from the place where we're in weakness. And I just want us to realize that because we, I'm telling you, the church is good at putting on faces that we got it all together. And we have the answer to the question. And when I don't know the answer to a question, I just say, I don't know the answer. Right? I don't know the answer. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. I don't know the answer. All I know is God's on the throne, and he's, he's full of glory, and he's, his presence reigns in the earth. And I don't know why tragedy happens. I don't know why people get shot in schools. I don't know why. I know why. But we can point, it, point fingers at every other demon that's running around, but someone got to stand up. Someone's got to stand up, and I'm talking about a generation standing up. It's not meaning that all the bad things will go away, but someone's got to look the lion in the face and say, ah, come on, right? And so the Holy Spirit's wanting a people to take hold of the spirit of might. Come on, when, when the power of God came in the book of Acts, it didn't come as a little bzzz. When Peter and John left to go walk, they, just, they didn't, it wasn't like, you might get up. Talking to the man at the gate called beautiful, it wasn't like, well, something may happen here. No, it was like Peter looked at him intently. He looked at that thing. He looked at paralysis. He looked at something that was paralyzing someone else, and he spoke to it, and, it, and he pulled it out of them. Are you, see, are you hearing me? And so if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells inside of you, then I think you might be able to do the same thing. Come on, somebody. And God wants us to realize that. And so it says, it says this. It says he didn't tell his mother and his father what he had done. Very good lesson for us. Because when we get a victory, we want to tell everyone what happened. I'm not saying we don't testify to the goodness of God, but what I am saying is what God does in a private victory will pull us into the public platform to stand in a place where we have authority over those things. But we got to learn to do things in private first. Do you hear me? When we, got, when we have, it can be addiction. It can be health issues. It can be any, can be little things that, come on, continue to plague you in your mind that God's trying to take care of, and he wants you to take care of it. Because why? He's put the spirit of an overcomer inside of you. I promise you, he's put the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead inside of you. And it didn't come, it came with a huge price, but it comes freely to your life. You don't have to do a ton of things to get that. Are you hearing me? The Holy Spirit is a free gift. The Holy Spirit is absolutely free. And everything that he does for us, we just have to open ourselves up and get everything else that blocks that thing from coming into our lives. Because we have doors that close that off. I'm telling you the truth. I've lived it 20 years. I know that when I have a door open and, God's, and I say, God, come in. 
but I know it when I have a door closed because I got stuff going on in my inner man that I don't want to hear it. I've heard enough of this. I don't need to hear it again. Please. Right? And a lot of us, we, we live out of that place where we're on one day, we're off. We're on, we're off. But I'm telling you, we overcome in the, pro- we overcome in the private place doesn't always have to be revealed in the public place. That's not concealing sin. <laughs> Come on, make, just make everyone like a little uncomfortable. It's okay. We're not hiding stuff. But I'm telling you, when we have that private victory, God gives us victory in the public place, and then we have complete authority over those things. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about people be, having broken, you know, when we grow up and we have broken stuff in our lives, that God gives you an ability to overcome that stuff. When we've been addicted to stuff and we absolutely get victory over that thing, I'm telling you right now, you have an authority over that thing in your life, and you can set others free by just praying and releasing stuff. I'm telling you, you give courage to folks. You know, two years ago, I prayed for a young man. I said, no more. I said, we're just going to walk this thing out. And I did a prophetic act, walking him around the room. And ever since that day, he never had to struggle with heroin again. Because it was God. And so we just thank God for the amazing things that he does. But it was just an act of, come on, we're just going to walk this thing out. Just gonna walk it out. Just gonna walk it out. I've been an addict for 20 something years. I know we're just gonna walk it out. I do good and then I fall back into it. I know we're just gonna walk it out. Right? And so the same thing could be for something that God is trying to do in your life and you you get complete victory over, and the power of God will rule and reign over that thing. I promise you, because that's who He is. And so we see that Samson doesn't tell his mother, doesn't tell his father. And then it says this, that after some time he returned, right? Verse 8. And here's the key. Because he went by the carcass. It says he turned aside to, the, to see the, li- the carcass of the lion. I'm telling you there's a powerful truth in this. When that thing that was coming after you to bite you, I don't care if it's someone gossiping after you. I don't care if it's someone talking bad about you. I don't care if it's a bad marriage. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's whatever someone might have done to you. When you have victory over that thing, you should be able to walk past it again. Walk past it again. That's what the Bible says. Samson walked past it again. And he looked at that thing, and something happened where he was able to walk past it and and absolutely look at it, and he did not have to... I know the thing's already dead. It's gone. God took care of that thing. I'm telling you, God took care of it. And it's the absolute power of God working in your life, whether it be forgiveness, whatever that looks like. God, forgiveness is the biggest, biggest trip.
awesome. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Listen, honey can mean a whole lot of things, right? Honey represents revelation. Honey represents anointing. But here, this is what honey represents. It'll it'll represent revelation of understanding that we, we have victory over the things we've already taken down, right? All those things that are trying to come against us, right? The enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's not going to devour me anymore because I have victory over him because he has nothing in me. But it does mean this. It says it represents the sweetness of victory. And how many of us can just walk by that thing and we realize there's sweetness on that mess? And this is what I'm trying to get us to understand over the last few weeks. You know, I know I've talked and I've kind of hit nerves. Come on. Sometimes we hit a little nerve in the last three weeks right, about trying to go deep and trying to allow God to get in the deep places. And I think people are getting nervous. Oh, he's going to start preaching about, you know, he's going to start with the Jonathan Edwards preaching. That's okay. It's all right. God can, we can be sinners in the hands of an angry God. It's okay. Because I'm telling you, it's part of the, the revival that's already at hand. It is going to be full of signs, wonders, and glories. But I do know this, that the power of God is coming to a people who know how to repent, who know how to get right with God, and that when we get right with God, that there's oil, that there's anointing, and there's sweetness because we know we've had victory over that thing. That I can go back in front of that thing and I can taste it and it tastes good because it, it, that's the thing that formed me. That's the thing who made me who I am. That's the thing who brought supernatural strength into my life and and gave me a whole new understanding of what you're doing to me, God. And I understand that there's a process and that I can go to that place and I can receive something from you. And I can taste and see and know that you're good. And the power of God is all over that for your life. It's all over that. So God's raising up a generation. And then he says this. It says this, that when he came to his father and mother, he gave them some. Uh Uh-oh. This is good. This is really good. Because I'm telling you right now, you think that you, what we went through or that what you went through is because, just because of you? I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, it's not just about you. It's about seeing the generations before you and after you. Receive goodness, receive the flavor, be able to grab what you've overcome and taste it, and taste it. You know, when I got saved, my mother, my mother used to sit up nights, right? And as crazy as she was in those days, she at least realized, I got to pray for my son or he's going to be dead, right? Because you have enough people telling you you're going to be dead by the time you're 21. I know I'm only 27, but... I know. But the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, protected my life. And that when I got free and when I got set free, there was people in my family that could look at me and go, wow, something's happened. What happened to him? He's changed. He's a little out there now, but he's changed. And he's not doing the same crazy things he was doing. He's just doing other crazy things. It's okay, though. I'd rather be doing crazy kingdom things than crazy stuff on the streets like I used to be doing, right? Because I'll party with Jesus all day long. I don't need to party by myself, right? In a dark room, in depression, in an oppression. You know what I'm saying? And so much of, so the Lord, you know, I saw my mom just, all of a sudden she goes, something must have happened. It's it's like crazy supernatural. 
And she didn't even, I didn't even know how to tell her about the gospel. I'm just like, wow, Jesus did this. Like, I didn't know the five, you know, ABCs of salvation. You know, admit you're wrong. Believe in Jesus. Right? And confess your sin and tell him, you know. I didn't know those things. But she knew that God had done something in my life. And so I'm saying that to say this to you. Even my dad, who was still struggling, right? He was a believer. But he was still struggling with his own stuff, right? And he saw God come on you on my life. And I'm telling you, this is the testimony that I have, that the Holy Spirit used me to touch the generations behind me. Right? And so, but it also affects the generations. Come on, your kids, your grandchildren, because we want to leave a legacy, and I want to see a legacy of revival behind me, right? That comes behind me. That God moves in such a way. And so the Holy Spirit is amazing in that. So God, God's raising up a generation to receive the fruit of that victory now. Right? He wants us to receive that victory now. And, and, and it tastes good on both ends. It tastes good to my, my parents' generation. It tastes good to my generation. It's going to taste good to my kids' generation. And my grandkids. I'm prophesying it now. And my great-grandkids. Come on. Prophesy it. Because you want the goodness of God. You want the taste of, of who God is to go throughout the lineage of your life. Because what happens is we get stuck in our old thinking and, God, and we can't get loose of how we perceive God and the huge capacity that we have to grab hold of who he is inside of us. What did I say before? 10 billion, 100 billion galaxies, 200 billion galaxies of God that can't be contained. And it goes on, I guarantee it's more than that, because God is ever-expanding. And when we're, when we're in heaven, we're going to always be learning. Worship, forget it. We'll just always be worshiping. Except you'll be multidimensional, so you can, you can like, worship, and then you can go to the, to the film room, right, and go look at all the miracles and watch what God does and see how he grows and expands. I'm telling you this stuff because I believe it's true. I'm telling you. Because if we think that heaven's one way, I'm, I'm telling you. He's preparing us now for there. Right? So I want him to, to come into my life in such a way that I can actually realize who he is inside of me. That if the heavens can't contain him, but I can, and I don't believe him for things, then there's something wrong. Are you hearing me? There's something wrong with the way we think. And it doesn't all fit into my little box of theology because I have good, you know, thoughts on what I think God can do and can't do. But sometimes I, I put them in some type of linear form that God does this, 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 and this, 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 and, and it works just like that. When I'd just rather blow that away, and I'd rather have God blow my mind and freak me out sometimes so that if my spirit is, if my spirit is, is offended, then I ask him about those things. God, why am I like that? Why does that bother me? Why, why the way you speak to me right now and, and what, what you're speaking in the reality of who you are and the greatness of who you are, I can't contain that. I can't even articulate it. So that becomes the frustration because as you preach and you want to open the word and, and, and properly divide the word of truth, that you want God, come on, God, I need an encounter with you so that you can come and download things into me that I can't do in my own. So if he's... 20 billion galaxies big, 200 billion, sorry, I keep going lower. Because I can't even think, like, 200 billion galaxies, that's like, that's crazy. 
Well, is it literal? Does it mean that God can't be contained in that? Yes, it's literal. Yes, it's literal. That God can't be contained because he's everywhere and all over the place. And what he's been trying to do this whole time, all throughout humanity, is trying to be able to put himself, that bigness of who he is, he started with Adam. Adam was the model, right? Adam was the model. But then Adam messed it up. I'm going to say. So then he says, okay, I'll do it myself. An all-sufficient God can do things by himself, can't he? So he sends himself to earth in the form of his son. And then all the fullness of who he is, because that's what the Bible tells me in Colossians, that all the fullness of who he is comes into one man named Jesus. Yet then he says this, that you're complete in him. And all the fullness of who he is dwells inside of you. You got it? Well, let me know. Send me an email of how that works. Because I don't understand how it all works. But I am asking God, expand me on the inside. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want to say, God, fill us into that person. Let us. And, I, and the last thing I was talking, uh, the Lord showed me was about Revelation 1. And about how the seven spirits of God were before the throne. So I'm just talking, we're talking about the spirit of might. We're talking about the might of God and the seven functions of the Holy Spirit and how that looks. Well, one of them sitting before the throne of God, worshiping him, you know, ministering to him. It's the, it's the fire and the presence of God. And it says this, that it says, uh, verse 12, it said, I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Right? And, the, and this is what Jesus, what? Isaiah said about Jesus that there was 11 spirits, right? 11 too. And then in the midst of the seven lampstands, there was one like the Son of Man. So he was in the middle of this, right? Just picture it. You can close your eyes if you want. And then he was clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about his chest with a golden band, right? And his head and hair were like wool and, and white as snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. And his feet were like fine brass as refined in the furnace. And the voice of the sound of many, his voice was the sound of many waters. Talk about, talk about reverb. My goodness. He had his sight, had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And that's the word of the Lord that is going to release, be released on our lives. Come on, even tonight. That if we receive the word from, because I, I, I was able to see that at one point. God showed me that. Jesus releasing the two-edged sword. And when, when, the, when the sword hits you, you receive something. So I'm telling you tonight, God, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, don't be afraid. I am the first, and I am the last. I am the one who lives and the one who's dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. I'm telling you guys tonight, God is gigantic. He's way bigger than you think. And I'm here to inform you that he wants to put strength inside of you to overcome every obstacle. He wants you to be able to walk past things that you've overcome and grab the goodness out of it. Grab the good things out of it. I don't care what you've gone through. You, you know, some people in here I know have had lot, long lives of trauma. Some people in this place, I've had a life of trauma in some respects, right? 
And so the Lord wants us to grab hold of this and say, listen, I taste and see what you've done on my life. I've come to find out that the goodness and the power of God are the same. The greatness of who he is, it's amazing. Can you help me, Tori? And I want, I want to just, I want to just take, your time, take a little time tonight to allow the Lord to just come and, and really touch us with the reality of who he is. Because if he could fill me, or you, and I'm not, I don't want to get anyone confused in the room. I'm not talking about us being God. I'll just have to say that to clear the air. I'm not talking about us being God, but I am talking about the fullness of who he is coming inside of us and living through us because that's always been the plan. That's always been the plan. That he would come and he would have fellowship. That when he came to a people that we would have union with him. And what does that look like? What does it look like having union with God? Is it just, do we just frame it in to like into a little package? Because if he's, if he is who he says he is, then he's overcome already everything you're about to go through in the rest of your life. Ah, think on that. He's already overcome it. He's already broken through it. He's already moved from the place of being outside your condition to the inside of your condition. And I guarantee you tonight that he wants to set you free from thinking that holds you back, from understanding that he knows, come on, that he knows all about your stuff. And I know we know, we say this to ourselves, well, God knows. But do you believe that he's on call? It's funny, I was talking to someone this week and they said, I, I, I didn't realize if I just asked him about it, if I just called on his name, that he'd respond so quickly. <laughs> it's so good because it's true. Half the time when we're going through things, God is right there and he's just waiting to say, hey, I need you right now. And instead, we want to be self-sufficient and move in our own strength and believe that we've got it all under control. And when I really get in trouble, then I'll do emergency tongues and begin to pray. We do that. I try not to, but we do that. Like we get real, all of a sudden we're in the thick of it and it's like, now it's time for war. No, just understand this, that he's coming, and he's coming to have his, he's coming right inside of you, and he's going to take care of that. Because he's given you the ability to take on any lion that comes in your face, right? And he's given you that ability to know that when he comes in that place, that he, you're able to walk by it because you're completely free from it. 
So maybe the call tonight should be for that those who are struggling with a lion. That you're right in the midst and you need someone to just, you know, I got these things in front of me. I got this one thing in front of me. And God said, I have this under control. Because it says that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of might came on Samson. Came on him. And he ripped a lion apart like it was a sheep or a goat. I don't think either one would be easy. But it's a comparison saying that thing that looks ferocious, that thing that looks intimidating, that thing that looks like it, it might hurt you, goat's not going to hurt me. That's just a little thing. But the lion, that thing might mess me up. That might give me a limp. That might take my leg. That might do something that will cause me to walk differently. Right? Right? 